Do you ever have a sense of untapped potential and purpose as you've hit the second half of life? Have you asked yourself what you can offer the world? Our guest today has created a resource to help you get clarity and confidence that you need to pivot to a life reimagined, informed by meaning and inner trust instead of external validation and hustle. Anne Pillsbury believes that the first step to taking the leap towards your next chapter is to get a clear definition of what you want it to look like. And how does Anne know this? Because she too followed the expected path and rang the bells of achievement and success, but was feeling dissatisfied with the status quo. Health, wellness, career, relationships, and everything in between. We're removing the taboo from what really matters in midlife. I'm your host, Michelle Folan, and this is Asking for a Friend. Welcome to the show, everyone. Our guest today helps women pivot to careers of greater fulfillment, impact, and ease without second-guessing endlessly scrolling job boards, or sacrificing their family's financial security. Ann Pillsbury developed the Meant for More Method, a one-on-one coaching program that gives you everything you need to create the career and life you really desire. Welcome to Asking for a Friend, Ann Pillsbury. Thank you so much for having me. I just feel so grateful that we met online and now we're here having a great conversation and sharing our passion for empowering women in midlife. I love that. Anne and I were talking about how we met just through Instagram. It was very organic and just the power of building community around us. I've gotten inspired so much by my guests. Anne is no exception. And you've done quite a bit, but I want to first, 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 I'd love for you to just tell the listeners a little bit more about you, where you're from, where you went to school, and the family detail stuff. I was originally born in Minneapolis, Minnesota, a long time ago. My family moved to Arizona, which I thought was the end of the world when I was about 13. I found my way to Seattle, Washington, where I met my husband and proceeded to have four children. I worked for about five years before I went stayed home, but I never really had a huge career underneath my belt before I chose to be a stay-at-home mom for 16 years. When my fourth was born, I kind of thought, okay, now what about me? I got a calling. I was out to lunch with my mom's friend, and she said, you should be a coach. And I was like, I should be a coach. I signed up for a program like the next day. It just hit my heart. Like, yes, this is what I want to do. That decision to go into a coach training program just transformed my life because all the things that I learned in that process, which I now share with my clients, the biggest being that I am somebody outside with all the expectations, the roles, the responsibilities that I had always lived for everybody else. And I didn't even know who I was inside my soul. Really doing that deep dive shifted 
everything and unlocked all sorts of possibilities. And this was 10 years ago. So like Brene Brown was not around yet. We weren't having conversations about authenticity all the time. I didn't know there was an authentic self outside of <laughs> it was a different time. And I immediately got really passionate about serving women, being a stay-at-home mom, but then getting to know working moms. I realized we all suffered from the same things of not believing that we were enough, struggling with our parenting. It was all the same things. And so much of it was because we were always hustling and striving for external validation as opposed to knowing we were so brilliant and beautiful just as who we are. That kind of got me inspired. But then weird pivot was that I got certified, but building a coaching business is a long, not easy thing to do. We had four kids at home and I just really needed to get a job where I got a paycheck. Speaking of connections, I met a mom at school who actually I found out was a founder of my dream company that I randomly used for my coaching business. I had informational with her and she said, well, I'm not hiring. But then I reached out to her and I said, well, would you take me on as an eight week long free intern? She's like, okay. I started as a 45 year old intern and leveraged that into a part time and then a full time and then kind of just started rebuilding my career in the tech space, in marketing communications. And over like the ensuing eight years, I work, I lost a job, I found a new job, I managed my family, all that kind of stuff. And then this is a similar story to yours. During COVID, I was like, I hate doing project. I just didn't want to do it. It was my turn. Three of my kids had launched and I was like, I'm going to finally do my dream of coaching full time. I pivoted and started my business. Well, I have to back up from a minute ago. I felt like I was going a little bit all, blah, 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 blah. No, I love that. I love that. It makes my job really easy, Anne. <laughs> you went and were an intern as a 45-year-old adult. And I want to just tell you, congratulations. That is genius to get your foot in the door to learn about a company and have them learn about you and what you can bring. I think that is fantastic. There was another podcast that was talking about that as well recently. And we're never too old to be an intern. No, and it gives you a great opportunity to learn. And then once you get in, it's easy to show your value. Even if we weren't working that whole time, if we were raising families, I mean, you are managing details, you're managing timelines, you're managing people, you're, it's all the things that you need at work too. So quickly you're up and running and adding value. We should never minimize life experience. I've said this a couple of times on the show. Even if you've been a stay-at-home mom for 16 plus years, you have so much experience that is valuable to a company. I think it's fantastic. Sometimes you just need to swallow your pride and get yourself in and then things will, it's the lily pad yeah. process. You know, get in and then you can pop around once you get there. I am a big proponent of getting coaching. Whether you feel a little stuck or maybe you're just ready for that next chapter, but you're not really sure how to go about it. You went through your own midlife pivot and you told us that story. What did you learn about your own midlife pivot that is helping you now with your coaching? I guess I realized that when you shift your perspective, when you get really quiet and clear 
within yourself and you listen to that voice of wisdom, you, you could quiet down all those external voices, you will be led on your most beautiful, amazing life. If you can trust that inner knowing that guides you, the opportunities just show up. It's a very miraculous thing, but it is very hard to do on our own. And that's why I actually believe so much in coaching and always have a coach because they help you to hear that inner wisdom that sometimes gets drowned out by all the external voices. So the answers are there. It's getting quiet enough, clear enough to be able to hear them. And then having the courage to start taking action, little bitty, bitty steps. What do you think holds back most women from taking that bold step? Well, I think there is a feeling from a lot of women that we're just not enough. We don't have whatever that looks like. And it's not really our fault. I mean, first of all, we're biologically wired for negativity and to keep ourselves safe. And additionally, we live in a culture that's not made for or by us. So we've internalized that patriarchy as well. And so both those things together just keep us in fear and undermine our confidence. I call it the pivot paralysis. There are like three things that I see consistently perfectionism, people-pleasing, and priorities. Those three things, which are all signs of your inner critic, are keeping you stuck. It's not the perfect opportunity. When will be the perfect time? When will I be able to do it perfectly, which you won't? Who is going to disappoint it? How am I going to manage my family? You know, all that kind of stuff, people-pleasing. And then priorities, you have to put yourself at the top of the list. You have to make your dreams and desires your number one priority and articulate that and create boundaries so that you can make that happen. I love what you said about it's never going to be perfect. And if you wait till something's perfect, you'll never do it. The other thing is the fear of failure. Yeah, it's huge. That's a big one. You know, look what you've done. You've started your own business. I'm sure you had that fear of failure walking into this. I deal with it. I mean, I still deal with it. It doesn't go away, (laughs) you know? (laughs) No, I know. And I would say I'm a recovering perfectionist. I am not cured. I think the thing that shifted for me is I lived a really small life for the first 40 years of my life because I was so afraid of failure. I was so afraid of looking foolish that, I mean, it almost makes me a little teary. I was scared to try things. Yeah. It still happens, but you build competency as you do it, as you feel the fear, take the action anyway, and then see the amazing things that come on the other side of it. It helps you to build competency and keep doing that. You have a, I guess it's a list of the 10 clues to clarify your pivot on purpose. Can you talk about that a little bit? I think one of the things that happens, or a lot of people, when my clients come to me, they're like, I just don't know what I want to do. I kind of have this calling or I have that calling, and I just I can't quite figure it out. And I actually believe you probably do, but... <laughs> But that's part of the chatter, right? I've created this resource that gives you 10 fun clues where you could look in your life right now to start to uncover what might be next for you and who you are and what you might want. And I don't want to share all of them, but one that's kind of fun that as an interesting perspective is who do you envy? We think envy is this bad thing, but really under our side of envy is something that you probably want, but you are too afraid to go for, and they're living your best life, and you're kind of pissed about it. So (laughs) what is that? (laughs) And get curious. How can you start to take some action towards doing whatever that thing is that they're doing that causing you to be envious? I may have to sign up for your coaching. We can... (laughs) 
I do a weekly program now, a weekly live where I interview women called Pivot on Purpose. It was born because I went to the Menopause Symposium in New York City this fall, and there were all these really cool, amazing women in the midlife space. It was my dream come true that I was there, but then I was starting to have that voice of like, well, I'm not, I don't live in New York, and I'm not a CEO, and I have nothing to contribute. And then I thought, well, what am I really, what the root of that, what is it? And then I thought, okay, they're having conversations with cool women about midlife. I'm like, well, I can do that. I started my interview. I interview somebody every other week, and I'm so excited to have you on, Michelle, next week. Yeah. It's going to be a great conversation. I'm really excited about that. I've brought this up before on the show as well. It's the imposter syndrome. Yeah. We've all got a little bit of it. I know I certainly have to fight through that as I do this podcast. Yeah. You get the comparisonitis when mm-hmm. you start looking at other people's projects and guests that they have. I hear you. Yeah. But at Menopause Symposium, I think I told you, I did see some of that on social media. It looked really fantastic. I was going to mention this to you. Next time you do something like that, let me know. Yeah. I could meet you. <laughs> We can. Yeah, well, I'm thinking next year if they do it again, it would be fun to bring a community together. It was so informational for me, all about menopause. I mean, that's a whole nother topic, but oh yeah, something so important that we read and know about because not only do our brains get in our way in midlife, but our bodies do too. So learning how to manage those symptoms and move through that. Oh, absolutely. And I will tell you, the more I read, I'm fully convinced that some of the things that I've been feeling over the last, you know, five, eight years were all menopause. And nobody told you. I'm not crazy. (laughs) I'm not crazy. It's such an injustice that there's not more information out there. Well, and more research and it's improving, but we're not there yet. Not every woman is really looking for a career pivot. They just want more from life. We talked a little bit about the stay-at-home mom who wants more. Mm -hmm. What kind of things have you seen your clients pursue once they have that breakthrough? So there are lots of things. For some, it may be a creative project. Maybe they've always wanted to write a book or start a podcast or do something like that. For some, it's even a self-care ritual or routine where they start consistently taking care of themselves, exercising. Some have launched new businesses. I have one client who was a doctor and now she's pivoted to be a financial coach. Wow. Or it could be shifting up your marriage. You know, marriage is a huge one in midlife as we experience for those of us who have children, empty nesting. And just in general, I think as we have more time to explore who we are and what we want, we question, is this the guy we want? You know? So it's always interesting because usually people come in for the career pivot and a lot of other things come up as well. And also another thing is showing up differently at work in their existing job. That happens frequently. They think they want a new job, but as we work on creating boundaries, using their voice, increasing their management skills and leadership skills, it turns out that they're in the right place. They just needed to change how they're showing up at work. You know, there's a lot to unpack because when you think about it, if it's a career or a certain life pivot, 
there's a lot more that goes into that. And I'm glad you mentioned, is it the relationship, the marriage? You've got to look at all angles here because there could be something holding them back that may be not even part of the pivot. It usually isn't. Yeah. And that's why my program is, I mean, it helps you with your career, but it's bigger than that. It's really about giving you a blueprint for how to have a will of life in the second half of life because I teach you repeatable skills and techniques to be able to manage things as you move forward and have clarity on what you want and how you're going to go about getting it. Can you talk a little bit about the Meant for More method? The Meant for Method is my coaching program. It is a three-phase program that I work with with women one-on-one. The first phase I call reclamation because it's all about reclaiming who you are outside of all your skills. You get clarity on your values, your purpose, your passion. You get clarity on what behaviors might be getting in your way. We talk about what your skills and life experience are that you're bringing to the table as you move forward and give you the time and space and safety to explore your dreams and articulate your dreams. And my clients create big visions that scare, you know, make your toes tingle. Like it's terrifying. You're like, that will never happen. That's where we start and we move forward. So it's about creating that big vision for what you want. And the second phase is release, which is all about learning to manage your mindset, those identifying behaviors. And, you know, we have beliefs and thoughts where we hold them so tight that we think of them to be facts. But through our work together, we start to kind of soften those and soften your perspectives and see if we can reframe and shift some of your thoughts and ideas and also really help with that inner critic management. You can recognize it and then choose to move forward instead. The third phase is called RISE. And this is more strategic. I like to use a lot of design thinking principles to help explore lots of opportunities. Use the process of prototyping where you think of little ways you can either experience a job you might be interested or talk to people who are doing the job you're interested in or the book you want to write. You know what I mean? You don't go invest in a degree without really knowing if you're going to like it. And then I support my clients in building community because as we started at the top of the hour, I think community is the number one way to uncover unknown opportunities, work and life-wise. It's all through connection. You do some retreats, I think, where you have in-person stuff. With COVID, (laughs) I've been doing online workshops. I tell you, they are just so... uh, When I finish a two-hour workshop with a group of women, I feel so inspired and energized. You know what I mean? It's like I've had a cup of coffee. Yeah. Because (laughs) I think one of my gifts is I'm really able to create a super safe space for women. So they immediately get really authentic and there's such a deep sense of connection. And then they all have breakthroughs and it just feels so great to help facilitate women to make those things. So it is on my list for this year to do two retreats. I'm doing one locally in Seattle. So if any Seattle people are around, come follow me. I'm going to do it the third weekend of March. And then in the fall, I'm going to plan something for when everybody's kind of get back into the groove of thing to kind of set intentions for the next year. I haven't decided where that's going to be yet, but I'm really excited about that. I think creating that safe space so that people are willing to share starts with you and you being your authentic self and showing your clients that, hey, I'm not perfect. I've been in your shoes. Mm -hmm. It's being able to identify with your client. 
Yeah. I just love connecting with people. I love hearing people's stories. My great-grandmother lived to be 104. Oh, Lord. And she loved telling stories. And I think it just has always made me super curious and love people's stories. And my husband laughed when I first met him. He's like, you know more about my friends in the first five minutes that you meet them because you ask so many questions that I know about them and I've known them for my whole life. (laughs) I'm just deeply curious. You know what, though? That is a gift. Yeah. That is a skill to make people feel special. It's being inquisitive about others rather than just talking about yourself. Yeah. But this is such an interesting thing that I help women identify because it's those things that feel so easy and natural to you that you don't see them as gifts because they're just who you are. But those are the things you bring to the table that really add value to other people's lives. Yeah. What else do you have in your bag of tricks to reach new clients? How are you getting your message out there? Well, as I mentioned before, I have my bi-weekly interview series, Pivot on Purpose. I also quarterly run usually free workshops. So the best thing to do is to come follow me on social media. And then also a great way to stay on top of what I'm doing. And I also, every week, (laughs) comes out to every week, I send out an email that is really, I get really good feedback about my email. I usually touch upon some topic that's pertinent to women in this transition phase and I take some time to really try to make it valuable and I get really good response on that too. So that's a great way to hear me and get to know me. Doing this podcast and it has been really enlightening and I'll tell you, particularly with women entering into their fifties, I'm seeing women doing things, extraordinary things. Like you said, writing a book, starting a business, I have a guest that's coming up on the show who I think even in her early 60s decided that she was done not taking care of herself. She lost, I don't know how much weight, but ended up competing in a, I don't want to say it was a bikini contest, but a fitness contest yeah, kind of thing. I don't know what they call this. She ended up winning her age group. It's incredible, right? So inspiring. That's why I love this topic because when people are thinking, oh, you know, I'm slowing down, I'm taking a breather, oh, maybe you want to travel, the list goes on. All those things are great, but it's not too late. No, it's not too late. There are lots of different ways to cut a pie. Maybe you want to have more, I mean, I see this a lot, you know, you want to have more flexibility, but maybe you're not ready to totally quit working. So maybe you do a consulting position or you figure out some way that you could have a both and instead of either or, you know, maybe not retirement and maybe not staying in your traditional corporate job. There's maybe some middle ground. I just think 50s are kind of, I don't know what the new thing is, but I just feel like it's a great time because you have this space, your kids are grown, you feel more confident in yourself, you're kind of done with caring what everybody thinks anymore. That's a big one. (laughs) The positive side of invisibility is like, you just can't care anymore. You know what I mean? You're just, I just got to go do what I want to do and show up. And there's also a little bit of that pressure, like, okay, where do I want to have an impact? Where do I want to have a contribution? A big one for me, too, is what legacy do I want to leave? What legacy do I want to leave my children and the world as I play out the second half of my life? And I'm still feeling good and energetic and living life. Are your kids proud of you? 
They are. <laughs> I have three daughters, so I think that really drives me. I know it does. I wanted them to know themselves better than I knew. I didn't want them to start to know themselves at 40. I wanted them to have that at 20. And they do. And they all are very different, but they're passionate and they're going for it. And I'm sure they laugh at me behind my back. <laughs> Listen, to put yourself out there, I think what's impressed my kids is that I've actually figured out how to record a podcast and to do a reel on Instagram. Well, I know. So that's really funny. I don't know if you feel this way, but every time I do a reel, I'm like, oh my God, the kids are watching it. The kids' friends like it. I don't know. I do the reels because I mean, you have to, but I still feel sort of ridiculous doing a reel. I detest doing them. Yes. But everyone says, oh, you have to do video. It's not that I'm not comfortable doing it. I'm fine. I think it's just the putting myself out there. Yeah, it's the visibility piece. You know, look at me, look at me, and I don't really care for that. Yeah. Someone told me the other day, they said, oh, no, still pictures are coming back. And I'm like, oh, will you stop? Go stop. I yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm just getting comfortable doing reels, and now you're telling me that still photos are coming back. I know. And I'm hearing authentic still photos. So not brand photos, but just take a picture of yourself at your outside or whatever. Yeah. Don't tell me that because I just spent money on having a photographer take pictures of me. <laughs> You'll need those too, though. Yeah, I know. It was funny because she's doing a 40 over 40. So it's 40 women over the age of 40. I've never had a professional photographer and the makeup and all of that. The makeup artist comes in to do my hair and stuff, and she puts false eyelashes on me, and I was dying. What did you think? Oh, well, I look like Mother of the Bride, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> it was super uncomfortable. I couldn't stand it. And as soon as she left, I looked at the photographer, and I said, these have got to come off. I am not wearing false eyelashes. It felt inauthentic. Yeah. It wasn't me. The other thing was we did some photos. I was sitting at a desk with a microphone and I'm like, ah. She did one photo of me in a evening gown that she had there in the studio. And I'm like, we're axing that one. I don't want that either. <laughs> and that's a trend I don't get. I don't know. That's like the pregnant evening gowns, the baby evening. I'm like, I don't, I mean... I think women are beautiful when they're pregnant. I mean, I, you know, I'm all about like the naked baby. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know why an evening gown just yeah. seems so strange to me. But anyhow, you know, trends. Not many of us look like Demi Moore when we were pregnant. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's scary. I still don't know if my body ever recovered <laughs> from having no. two kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have four and now perimenopause is killing me. <laughs> yeah. And that's the other thing too. And, and you and I did speak about this when we first got together about the challenges of self-care and our bodies are changing. And I think when I think about you being a coach, that self-care, self-love piece probably has to come first, right? It absolutely does. That self-love, the self-compassion. Compassion needs to be number one because having compassion for ourselves then gives us compassion towards others. But we're so mean to ourselves. I mean, I'm so, I'm still, I, I talk to myself the way I would never talk to a child or somebody I loved. 
building awareness around that. But I just, I think it's that self-compassion piece and just knowing you're doing the best you can. You're trying the best you can, which is going to look different on each day. Being proud of ourselves that we're actually out here doing it, trying it, probably failing sometimes, probably feeling, but just that, that courage and compassion, the courage and then the compassion to just be like, it's okay if you fail. It's okay. You're still worthy. You're still loved. You're still valuable just because you're you and you're a human. Yeah. I will say too, what has really probably helped me is supporting other women through this process. When I say that, for me, it's highlighting other people's businesses and supporting them and writing a review on their book, whatever the case may be. I believe that women build this community and reach out because we want the same for ourselves too. Mm -hmm. We want that same kind of support and it's so important. Women are much better at that. Mm -hmm. And I've said that before, we're much better at building community. Which is really sad. I think that our men, or especially our men who are over 50, you know, they just haven't been taught how to build community. I mean, I've read articles that they're so lonely and like the suicide rate of men over 50, if they lose their wives or something is huge. It is a strength we have that at some point we should, well, maybe we help with our sons. You know, I have a son, so try to help build that in him. I think. There may be something to that why men tend to remarry more quickly yes, than women do. Because they rely on their wives to build community for them. <laughs> I think a lot of women would be okay being by themselves for a little okay. while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did I just say that? Yeah, no. Totally agree. Spot on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when are you going out of town next, honey? It's a common conversation with my girlfriends. I mean, they love their husbands. They don't want anything to happen. Absolutely. But they all say, like, if something ever happened, like, I'm not dying to jump right back into it. You know the other yeah. thing, and I'm curious if you ever hear this, or the listeners, do you dream of having a place of your own? Like, a little place on a lake or a little apartment that would just be your space like it would be decorated as you wanted it you only lived there like it would be your individual life well I think that's where like kind of she shed came in you can go out there and do your crafting and have your book club but yeah you're doing your own thing yeah I'm totally digressing but group of friends we used to call it wine not Wednesday Mm -hmm. and we would get together one Wednesday a month. And we were joking one night about when our husbands are all gone, we're just all going to get a house and all live together. Yeah. And we were going to call it Gamma New Omega for girls night out. <laughs> That's really <funny. laughs> you know, Like a sorority house for old ladies. <laughs> well, bringing that back to the topic of midlife, I think our friendships often change in midlife. And I find that a lot of women are, especially after COVID, we're still coming off of that. And a lot of women are still feeling lonely and desiring more connection. Creating spaces for women to come together and get to know each other seems to be top of mind for a lot of women right now. I think so. I think so. I'm not a big reader, but I even joined a book club. (laughs) Yeah, my book club has been my solid, they've been my best friends for 14 years. Oh, that's neat. We travel together. We 
raised our kids together, but they're all in a different phase because they're all about five years older than I am and they're all empty nesters and traveling. And I still have a 14 year old home. So, you know, but we still love each other. Saw them last night. <laughs> God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to keep you young. He is. He is if he doesn't kill me first. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, right. Lord. Well, you keep me posted on that one. Yeah. I want to get things wrapped up here, Anne, but can you please tell everyone how to find you? Yes. You can come to my website, Anne with an E, Pillsbury, like the doughboy.com. And right at the top, you have the option of downloading my 10 clues to clarify your pivot on purpose. And on there, you could also see my interviews of our pivot on purpose. I have them all stored on the website. And I would love for you to connect with me on Instagram or LinkedIn are the two places that I have spent most time or just DM me on either one. And I would love to start a conversation. I love connecting. We could schedule a call just to connect and chat. That's great. And I will put that in the show notes so people will know where to find you. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. I had a great time. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Take care. Follow Asking for a Friend on social media outlets and provide a review and share this show wherever you get your podcasts. Reviews and sharing help us grow. 